Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy! <laughs> oh. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Yes, y'all, this is the OG style, okay? Last week, we did something a little bit different. Today, we back. We back to the old school. Yeah, you can stop screaming at us online. (laughs) I'm just kidding, by the way. Everyone was very complimentary. They liked no just, one screamed. Just you and me. No one screamed. Yeah, no one did. That's good. But yeah, no, no, no. I just I just want to let people know where they're at. I want them to know that they can take a rest. They can take a breath. It is the podcast they have come to know and love. There's a third person here today. Yeah. So we do have, have a beautiful to, guest. So you don't have to be like uh like uh anxious. <laughs> What's the word I was What were you for? doing? I was like waiting for you to do you're like, you don't have to be like <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's that breath mean? Well, that means anxious, obviously. Okay, okay. Look, Naomi, I see. Mm-hmm. I've only been in therapy for a decade, okay? I'm still learning to understand really a, emotions. Has it really been a decade? It'll be this year, a decade this year. Remember 2013. So, yep. 2013, <laughs> you had been asking, you had been not, yeah, not telling I me, but suggested. suggested. I suggested, yeah, 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 yeah. Back Based in on your repression. 20, so we started dating 2010. Maybe two months later, you were like, hey, have you thought about therapy? <laughs> and you printed out this thing from a book called Demon Dialogues or the something? The book is called Hold Me Tight, and it has this running um, 
theme about demon dialogues or the type of type of arguments that you get into that they're like kind of just like certain types of converse conversations uh types of conflict and because you're somebody who like couldn't talk about emotions i was like okay why don't i take an approach where i give him some literature (laughs) make it like grad school he likes to he likes text he likes to analyze a text perhaps this will help sure well i remember it was somewhere i was like okay let me give you empirical evidence because you're an empiricist about how you need to start spending the night at my house because <laughs> you didn't want to leave your house because you had all your face washes. I didn't have any travel size face washes. So to, st- to spend the night at Naomi's would mean carrying a big bag of, of uh, full size face washes with me. And I'd like you guys to know that to this day, this man still does not have travel size <laughs> face washes. If we go to an Airbnb, he is bringing the full size bottles okay so it has a change he's just now willing to do it yes i have a little zabar's tote uh-huh put in all the full-size face washes all your full-size items full-size full-size shampoo and conditioner full-size we haven't been in a plane in a while but he is bringing the full-size he's bringing the real yeah yeah so anyway so uh that whereas the so the demon dialogues thing and then three years later i stopped writing with my writing partner like we just stopped yep. we just we're just like not working like there wasn't any like drama or anything like that it was just like eh, yeah I think they were two here. repressed men that like they, <laughs> if it had been two people who were in touch with their emotions there would have been drama um and also your improv group had broken up yes. and i literally had to frame it as like well for the things you want to do in your career perhaps it might be good to be in touch with your emotions yes and that's what got him that's what got him so now i am in touch with my emotions and now i just have to learn the words uh-huh. <laughs> so describe I, them yeah so i just have to, <laughs> Was that okay? That's anxiety. I think that's the sound I make when I'm anxious. So, <laughs> yeah, I have to backtrack. It's the same thing like Naomi when I'm trying to figure out uh, an actor in a film. Yep. yep and I'm yep, like, yep. well, I know I don't know their name, but I know they were in this other thing, but I can't think of the name of that. But I know, uh, I know that Henry Cavill was in it. So right. if I look up Henry Cavill's, eye, it's a little You'll go backwards. Yes, yeah, it's called actor hopscotch okay okay we yep. hopscotch from one person to another okay okay is that even how you play hopscotch i don't know but the point is <laughs> i use little clues to lead me right. to the thing i want to know it's the same thing with emotions well right? i think of it as it's funny because you said hopscotch and i think it was like six degrees of andy's brain right like it's really a kevin bacony where you're like okay henry cavill was in this movie okay if i find this movie i don't remember the name of the movie but i'm gonna find his imdb that's gonna jog my memory then i go to that cast then that cast was gonna show me that guy that i'm gonna figure out who that guy is kevin fakin exactly a lot of people have suggested different kinds of chicken fake chicken tenders to me yeah 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 yeah. people really you know people like to share what they've learned but you know something like tenders you know it is a personal opinion it is a it's, personal you journey you can't really say you know what i mean you can't really say when something is good or not that's why i take yelp reviews of like the taste of food with a grain of salt because i you know it's like maybe this food does need a grain of salt we don't I, know I think what I really need to do is it has to be so someone suggested this place that's in like Long Beach or something like oh, that. Good lord! I know in Los Angeles, every food journey is a literal journey, right? Right, an hour at least. Yeah, and so I I think that might be it because I think what I'm missing there's a, a place called VNS Sandwich Shop mm-hmm. in Exeter where I grew up, the suburb of Reading, Pennsylvania. VNS sandwich shop, mozzarella sticks, Naomi, chicken tenders. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. I did not care about my health at the time. Of course, absolutely. 
And their chicken tenders, I think, are what I'm seeking. Right. And of course, we do have to point out that those chicken tenders are made with chicken. So that's already one difference. But there's also one the shape, fundamental difference. The shape. They're not just. I know, but that texture. Fingers, in fact. We're going fingers, not tenders. What I want is fingers. Uh huh. Okay. I, want I don't know the difference between a finger and a tender. A tender, I would say, is like a smaller, elongated shape, whereas a finger is unique. Each shape is unique, Naomi. It's like a snowflake or a fractal. But it's not skinny like that time you ordered chicken tenders from that place and they came like little skinny tubes. Those were chicken fries. Okay, right. But that's not what we're talking Doomy's about. Doomy's vegetarian here in Los Angeles. I wasn't going to put them on trust, blast. I'm putting them on blast. Put them on blast. They said chicken fingers. Uh-huh. Those were chicken fries. Yeah, they were that kind of shape and that was upsetting. And motherfucker, do not wow. confuse fingers and fries. Wow. I will come at you. Wow. Like a caged beast. There is a binary. Okay, there is a binary. Andy I'm a manticore. Fingers. Off the leash. <laughs> oh, Naomi, my lord. Before we get into today's episode, we got up dates i love being updated bring it bring it i hate being downdated well being updated yep <laughs> i'll yep. just if you leave it in fine i was gonna say nobody needed that but go ahead give me the update this comes to us from uh i think anonymous i don't know if they want to be named but remember in the first episode of the new year naomi you mean last week <laughs> yeah i remember i remember <laughs> We helped someone who was having a Christmas dilemma. Yes, okay? yes, yes, yes. Uh, Absolutely. We can never forget that one, that their girlfriend's family was, I'm going to say, trash. Yeah. And we're not including her and this feeling of, what am I supposed to do? We've been together three years. I got to deal with these folks. How am I supposed to handle this? Do you and I was very upset. Well, it's on the girlfriend to have a conversation with her people. Great. Great. So... Oh my god, I just heard the latest episode. Thank you so much for answering my question. I laughed and cried, and I did download it and play it dozens of times as recommended, which is what I say. I yep, say, you say yeah. if you like it, if you like our advice, if you like an episode, download it at least 12 <laughs> times, if not more. <laughs> You're right. All right, we need those numbers. I shared your response with my partner, and we both, sorry, I laughed because Squee and Prem are, of course, uh, while we're recording, uh, having fun times and knocking things over. I shared your response with my partner and both agreed that she should take 100% responsibility from now on. I left mm-hmm. out a lot of other things they've done that made it pretty clear they don't want me to be dating their daughter, including her mother pulling her aside when we visit to say my partner should consider being single and focusing on her career. Wow. Wow. Uh, I've spent years trying to maintain a relationship with them, regardless of all the shittiness while trying to figure out what their problem is with me exactly. But I agree with Andy. It no longer matters why. They can either treat me with respect or we'll both stop showing up. Yes. Yes. As I mentioned this Christmas, I stayed home, but I forgot to say my partner actually stayed with me. Wow. We we continued our own little Christmas tradition. I love it. She will talk to them in the future. And if things don't change, we will instead spend our time focusing on the family we're creating together. I want to thank you both so much for your response. Not having a family myself, it's been hard for me to determine what's normal behavior Mm -hmm. and what I should be drawing boundaries around, particularly when my own family took great pleasure in making sure I didn't value myself or my needs. Mm. Getting that affirmation from you both that this is actually shitty of her parents when I didn't even tell you all of it meant so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes you need somebody to hear it. You Mm -hmm. need somebody to hear it so they can go, the fuck? And then you're like, thank you. So I'm glad we could give you that moment, and I'm glad you guys had your own little holiday. Yeah. It's all about it's all about doing that as lovers. Yes. If we are anything, we are mirrors that you look into, mm-hmm. and you don't see yourself, you see us, and we <laughs> say, what the fuck? Yep. That's what we do. Man, 
that's the way that's the way if the evil if maleficent had that kind of mirror that said what the fuck things would have gone differently now naomi also do you remember last episode first episode of the new year Uh (laughs) uh-huh caller called in and said uh that maybe your therapist when she ghosted you and she did ghost you when she ghosted you that maybe she had gotten uh, bacterial meningitis, right? Like uh, he did, and yeah. uh, had had put in a medically induced coma. Yep. for five days. Yep, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Did give you a discount. He called with a follow up because we were like, "How do you get bacterial meningitis?" Hi, India Naomi. This is the meningitis follow up because I heard you guys mention it. Thank you. Uh, a couple. I know you're into public uh, health, so I wanted to mention a couple things. What, the CDC got in touch with me to let me know that I had contracted the B strain, which is the one of the five for which there was no vaccine at the time. Nobody knew exactly where it came from, although my best suspicion has to do with plucking nose hairs, which apparently gives bacteria access to your brain to infect it. So folks should not be doing that. Get a trimmer. And the other thing that's worth mentioning is that they do have a vaccine for that strain now since about 2014. So if you got a meningitis vaccine before then, you maybe you look into that. Uh, but I think you have to be under 25. So overall, a couple other funny stories. Uh, a friend of mine messaged a random straight boy that he thought I had made out with because the university had given out about two dozen emergency uh, antibiotics to folks to prevent them from also catching it. Anyway, thanks so much. Still love the show. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> Okay. Uh, there was a lot there. There was a lot there. What was at the end? Still love the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, like from the last time he called, he was like, "I love it." I and see, he's like, "And now over time, the love is still there." Yes. One yeah, week yeah, later, yeah. still love the show. One okay. week later, the love is still there. Should we do that when, whenever you say "I love you" to someone? Should you say, "I still love you"? I think so. I think so because it also like kind of puts them on edge. Yeah. The only time yeah, you should ever move. say "I love you" is the very first time you say it, and then every subsequent time should be "I still love you." I think that's very good. I think also, you know what I like to say before complimenting someone is, I don't care what anyone else says. I like to just say that. It's like, I don't care what anyone else says. You look great. Or it's like, you are funny. I don't, think I, I don't care what they say. You're hysterical. Imagine in That's real life, so if, you were, if you were this dramatic in real life. <laughs> it would be so fun because it's like, I am in my head, but I know it shouldn't come out. <laughs> so wait, wait, were you dramatic when you were younger? Oh, absolutely. Wait, for real? So you would say stuff like that? You're no, like, no, I don't care what anyone else says. No, I wouldn't say anything. Like that's that feels like a I real thought, like I'm emotionally thing. dramatic, meaning like everything is like a ten sure. as a kid. But I'm sure. saying like no, I'm not saying things to hurt other people's feelings. But uh, the idea of that is very funny to me. Right, right, right. It's I was saying hysterical that's, yes, to that's me. real housewife behavior. Yeah, yeah. Which is sociopathic behavior. <laughs> very good yes so uh don't pluck nose hairs apparently don't pluck them unless unless you have a meningitis vaccine don't pluck them unless you are under 25 and have access to the meningitis vaccine i can't stand these ageist vaccines Mm, mm. the way i had to go run around and get that hep c vaccine or what was the one it was something about something to do with the cervix where it was like you have until the age of 26 to get the vaccine i forget what it's for don't don't yeah thank you harry potter five (laughs) and (laughs) that's exactly what i'm talking about I was like literally reading an article in college about HPV and thought it was Harry Potter five until uh, the second paragraph because it was like literally like it was like wait, everyone has it. It's the Order of the Phoenix. No, it was literally like everyone has it. This is popular right now. I was like Harry Potter five, Harry Potter five, and it was like no, 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 human papilloma virus. I was mm. like, all right, could be either or. <laughs> Anywho, so 
It should be a name for J.K. Rowling, the human papillomavirus. Oh, my God. Do we have any other updates? Why, yes, Naomi. There's one more update. Now, this is going back a couple weeks. Do you remember our good friend, Jen Tullock? Absolutely. Do you remember a woman called in and said, how do I not be a bitch to my girlfriend? <laughs> that was her, her words, uh-huh. not mine. Yeah, 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 her yeah. words, not mine. Yes, I would never yes. say that. Yes. I have not used the B word in uh, quite a long time. 48 hours, Max. <laughs> You live with me. There's no way. <laughs> no, ever since I realized that, like, my version of the B word is freak, to call mm-hmm. someone like, what's this freak doing? Mm-hmm. I've been swimming in happiness, Nathan. <laughs> Just doing a doing swimming a butterfly in stroke happiness. in joy. Wow. Yes. No, they wrote back in. Vaguely anonymous, but she, her. So, she. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Just a follow-up. I called in asking for advice on Jen Tullock's episode, asking how not to be a bitch. See? Yeah. Her words, not mine. Anyway, I broke up with my girlfriend. Wow, that's one way to not be a bit. Mm -hmm. Long term, at least. Mm -hmm. The (laughs) four-year slump is very real, and the pandemic, I think, made people cling to solitude or socializing, and we just weren't lining up. Somewhat a me problem, but I'm not taking the fall here by any means. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Much more that we don't have to get into. Uh, Move back to my hometown, and I'm starting therapy very soon. Move back to my hometown. You could be the start of any pilot. Any, this is a, this is, call HBO. This yes. is an indie, a broken up and back in the hometown. That's the start of every TV show ever. Yeah. And I'm starting therapy soon and not dating unless my soulmate or someone very rich shows me the light. <laughs> Thanks for being a judgment-free zone and offering some other perspectives. Love listening weekly. Definitely keeping you guys in my routine despite the many changes I'm making. Thank you. Thank you. Even though you're single, you can still have fun mingling with us. Yeah. Okay, that's what we do here. Yeah, we're, we're suggesting a new thing. It's called going on a date with a couples therapy episode. You go out to dinner. Yep. Outside. Outside. outside with you, your phone or iPod or whatever you use to listen to yeah, your podcast. And then you put that in the seat. Yep. Across from you. Across See, from or you. you just like listen to us bicker or Andy go on some random tangent and go, bless, blessed be my single self. You know what I mean? Like you and I just have like one bicker and then someone else is like, thank God I'm not in a couple. I ain't got to <laughs> listen to this, do this nonsense. I think it's helpful either way. Yeah, very much it's so. It's beautiful. Hey, Naomi, before we get into the episode. You keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that. We're going to go an hour. Exactly. The intro is going to be an hour, and I'm going to say, hey, uh, one more thing before, before we, get we get into the episode. Yeah, uh, call, call me the Columbo of podcast introductions. Uh, one more thing. Naomi, we're doing a contest. Yes, we are. It's all about five-star reviews, baby. You know they help the show. They cost you nothing. They bring us joy. But what we're doing this go-round, we got a little couple's therapy prize pack, honey. Some fun little goodies we'll put together for the people. We're going to pick a name of all the people who submit five-star reviews in the month of January, but your review has to tell us the worst person you ever dated. Mm-hmm. Whether that be one date or years of your life you can't get back. Just give us in the review some fun tidbits, mm-hmm. and you may be chosen. Five stars. Uh, and do it by the end of January. End of Jan. Oh, and what does this prize pack include? Why a Bill Chrisoffi doll? Oh, yeah. A Look Bill Chrisoffi sexy plush Halloween frog. <laughs> Look up Bill Chrisoffi yeah. on Instagram, and you will fall in love as you we know. have. You will know. Yes. Now, Naomi. Now, we're here. We're here. We're here. We're here with the episode, with the guest. A guest who was truly a light, a bright, shining light. You know, people who, you know, we have someone on where it's like, I don't know them at all, you know, and then I'm so pleasantly surprised by how open they are. You know, this was definitely one of those. And we're talking about the one, the only, Anna Lee Ashford, okay? Anna Lee's a Broadway queen, honey. You've seen her in Legally Blonde, Wicked, Kinky Boots. She's about to be back on Broadway in Sweeney Todd, okay? Mm. So mark your calendars, honey. That's coming out in March. 
You've seen her on Masters of Sex, Impeachment, American Crime Story. Now you can see her on Welcome to Chippendales on Hulu, and she is wonderful. Yes, I was watching that the other day. Naomi was, like, reading something, and then uh, as as soon as the oiled, shirtless men came on screen, Naomi grabbed her glasses and was like... Her eyes bugged out of her head. She was That's like, just, "Ew!" It, it didn't bug out. It didn't bug out. I she was like, curious. Uh, "Maybe, just... I, <laughs> maybe I should be interested in this show." <laughs> you guys, without further ado, <laughs> the one, the only, Annalie Ashford. Roll it. Hey, couples therapy, I think is a journey. I, I think couples therapy is a life changer, even if you're not in a couple. I think everybody should do couples therapy. It's beautiful. Like with friends, we know podcasters who are like platonic friends who have done couples therapy together. Do you know what? I actually think couples therapy would be really, really helpful for a lot of creative couples. So like Mm -hmm. work couples, but specifically creative because it's so emotional. Like being the, the business of being creative is emotional. And yeah, I think it's nothing but good stuff. Mm. So you're into therapy in general. You've done yeah. your time. You're out here making it happen. I'm into therapy. I'm into cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy. I love trauma therapy, um, EMDR, brain yeah. spotting. Uh, yeah. the, I think all of it is really, really beautiful. Reiki. Um, I think if you find the right faith journey for yourself, if you are connected to the great beyond, if you believe in that, but as I do. I, it's a big part of my my life. Uh, I think that can be really helpful piece to all of the therapy. And then I also think that, um, meditation is also another great form of therapy. And I use a very low dose of Xanax from time to time as, uh, another piece of my therapy. Listen to me okay, just getting into mental health. Yourself. You got yes. 12 different ways to make it happen. You said, okay, I, I got to get through this life. How many I, tools I, in the toolbox? I want, I want my soul to learn more in this life. Mm. You know, and then part of that is like being a, and also I'm a mom. So that's like a big part of it. And I, the other day I said in an interview talking about like, I was talking about Chippendales, walking to Chippendales and my whole character is like really like a, a wife at her core and she's a business partner. But I was saying like marriage is really, I think about making your partner better. And mm. your partner making you better. Like that's the goal of marriage, especially as you get deeper into the, into the years. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, do you think, do you think you, uh, first, let me ask you a question, Naomi. Do you think we make each other better? And then I'm going to ask you, do you think you, it's Anna Lee, right? Lee? Yeah. Like okay. it's just plain old Anna Lee, but people mm. call me Anna Lee, Anna Lee, and I just, don't sometimes correct them. I'm getting better as I get older. That's part of my therapy too, is like speak, like unguarding my throat, throat chakra, like really mm. telling you how I feel is a very big challenge for me. Oh yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes. I get that. So anyway, wait. So Naomi, do yes. you think we make each other better? I think we do. However, my longer answer to that is that is something that I've always uh, sort of grappled with in terms of, for instance, um, my mom is a very critical person. And so to love you is to kind of try to fix you and to tell you what you're doing wrong. So when we talk about, you know, how we're supposed to help our partner, improve our partner, really, I've had to learn what does that look like in a way that's not do this different slash do it the way I would do it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, yes, Andy. I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
I that, do. That has been a, that's been the thing to figure out. And then also for myself, a question of how do I, how much can I expect? I, I was a gal who always wanted a boyfriend and I always wanted, it was like always trying to kind of like, I wanted to be liked and I wanted, was trying to like contort myself. And I thought that if I had a boyfriend, if I was lovable, everything would be fine, you know? And that's a lot of pressure to put on another person who's probably also a mess themselves. So yes. figuring out, it's like, well, how much is he supposed to do? And one of the things with Andy in particular, you know, he's a very um, self-motivated person. He's got a lot of projects. He's very busy. He's not, especially in the early days when I was extra delicate, Andy's not a guy who's going to sit here and like coddle you. I almost had to earn that over time. Does that make sense? Like now yes. he'll be like, come here, come here. I'll hold you. Yes. You have coddling coupons. For <laughs> coddling one, coupons. One great. Valentine's Day, I made her some coddling coupons <laughs> and then she got <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. But okay, now now you and your partner, our husband or partner, I'm not sure what uh, terminology you want to use, but uh, do you guys make each other better? Um, We use husband in our house. I love the term partner, and I love that we're saying that now. It's like (laughs) magic to me, mostly because it was just – it was – I think the word partner was – set aside primarily for people who are in same sex couples for so many years. Um, and one of kind of the great things that I'm watching, we've, you know, the world needs to keep changing way more than it is. And sometimes it's like shocking how much it has and, and how we go backwards and how certain political cycles, we go backwards even more. It's like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we, I could go on and on, but at my little boy's school, there are multiple same sex, uh, parents in his class. And like, that is just not even a thing for him, which mm. is so amazing. And so now the term partner has also become like for any couple. It doesn't matter if you're same sex or if you're not, you know. So that's kind of, I think, just want to comment on how I like the <laughs> use of the term partner. Um, so anyways, we use husband and wife in our house because we just do. And uh, I think I love that you talk about um, how are we making each other better and what that looks like and if that can mean something for you in a negative way, that's really important. I think the way that we've looked at it in our house is how do I support you first to help you become the best version of you? Mm -hmm. And also what are you working on right now? So if you're working on um, trying to use better language about something that's negative for you, um, how do I, instead of call you out on it, how do I support you in your goal? Mm. You know, like that's sort of like, I think something we've been working oh. on. I remember the first time we went to couples therapy was after our son had been born. It was like six months later. I always tell people too, if they're embarking on parenting, I'm always like, uh, you and your partner should go to therapy, couples therapy mm-hmm. before you have the baby. I, I think even before you, I think getting married, it's not actually the act of getting married. It's having a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Wedding. We're, oh, we're yes. dealing with right? that right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like if you're going to just go to the courthouse and tell everybody you got married, I don't really think you need to go to couples therapy if, if things <laughs> going well. What I mean, I think you do because I think therapy is magic. But what I do think is the act of having a wedding, the act of moving, the act of having a child, these big events, those are the things that... Maybe you need help in having dialogue. You maybe need a third person in the room to help you navigate 
um, stress and conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that did, I feel like that has helped. I remember the first time we went to couples therapy, the therapist that we were working with at the time, she said, are you here to break up or stay together? Our guy too. Our Isn't guy you too. shocked? Yes. Wasn't it shocking? Yes. We went, <gasps> which I think was actually the immediate response of you're there to stay together. And if yes. you're there to break up, I think it's like probably a relief that somebody yeah, you're like kind of silent and you're like, let's see what they say. We're just like, wait, what? He has the same thing, but I, but it does make sense. And I think that there is something certainly in all iterations of relationships where it's like, you know, if, if you are really enmeshed, you do have to work on how to separate. Like, let's have a conversation. How do we do this over time in a way that doesn't make us hate each other or ruin our offspring or ruin, you know what I mean, or like other relationships? So I do see, but it's so true. It's like when he did that, I was like, what? I'm not giving you money to break us up. <laughs> I'm giving you yes. money to work it out. I mean, and then also I think back on other people I've known in my life and their relationships. And there are some people where you're like, I wish they would have gone to therapy earlier because they could have let go of each other earlier and probably mm. had an easier journey in their own personal life, you know? Name names. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, too, the thing about the um, pandemic that was really fascinating, I remember talking to my best friend and being like, man, me and Joe are the happiest we've ever been. And it was so the opposite of people who were like, oh, I'm not with my person. But the other thing that was illuminating about that is the struggles that we have as a couple are from outside forces. It's mm. when the stressors of the world come into play that we have to navigate together. But if it's just us in a little, you know, apartment in Brooklyn with our then three and a half year old, man, we were, it was, there were other challenges and other stressors, but the, our stuff was like, here, this is, I would know, I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, how yeah. long have you guys been together? 15 years. What? I know. You were babies. We you were, were babies. babies. We're really different people now. Um, I feel appropriate saying this because my husband has said it very publicly, but he's a sober person now. Um, and that, that happened during um, like year five of our relationship. He got sober f- year five or six. We'd been living together and had a dog. Um, so that's been a big part of our journey. And I also think the 12-step program for him um, on his side and then on my side, uh, I do Al-Anon and then he also does, um, he's about to embark on that part of his journey as well. But I think that has also been an incredible tool for being in a partnership and also an incredible tool in our therapy, mm-hmm. having that other set of language, um, forgiveness, acceptance. Right. Um, also there's in program, there's like this amazing, piece of not taking ownership of somebody else's stuff. Like you can't take control, like just really a lack of control in certain mm. relationships is fundamental in like navigating a partnership. So I think that's been really great, but we still, you know, we, we, it, that's also, I think why it took us so long to get in the, um, the couple's couch. You know what I mean? Right. Cause you were, he was already in that. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, yeah. but then also I think that one of the other things that you get a lot out of, uh, recovery groups is, you know, your partner, you know, now you, you know, as you do Al-Anon, they got a sponsor, they got a group of people they could talk to. So by the time they come to you, 
They, they don't work need through, cuddling. They, yeah, they, or at least they've cuddling. gotten to like a baseline where they're like, okay, I've talked about this with several people I trust and respect, and I've realized that maybe it was me. You know what I mean? Like you get that like little bit beforehand in a way that you don't when that's not the case. Absolutely. Also, we both go to therapy, which is like a miracle. You know, that's like if one person's not and the other person is, that's really complicated, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. It took Andy a minute. <laughs> there, oh, also, I was thinking. Um, I was more thinking of the time, like you took a year or two off. Oh wow! Then, okay, personal. Okay, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead, put it out here. I was thinking more of that, but yes, also there was when we got together. Naomi was in therapy, and I was not. And then I got into therapy, and then there was a, a while where we were both in therapy, and then we got into couples therapy, and then Naomi was just like, "I'm." When we moved here, yes, Naomi was just like, "Eh." Ed so stopped doing therapy and then has recently found a new therapist. So uh, it's not that I totally, totally stopped. I was seeing my person in New York and that was go and you know, this is a pre pandemic meeting. Everybody was on zoom. So it was like, yes. we were trying to Skype and it wasn't always working. And then we would go like a month. And so it was, it was, yeah, it was not a consistent, like, Oh, I'm trying to work on stuff as much as like, I'm checking in and kind of complaining to a person for an hour. Absolutely. You know, before I have therapy, um, Cause we've been doing, I've been doing it on the phone the last couple of years. And now I'll probably, when we go back to New York, I'll go back to doing in person. I have to like prepare before I start. Like I really try to make a little list through the week about mm. like what mm. the goal is for my session because I'm one of those people that like occasionally I'll be like, Oh, I just complained for 45 minutes, which sometimes you need. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you need to do that, but I always think it like, like anything, it helps to set an intention before you go. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely. good. I, I, I've always told my therapists, I'm like, hey, if there's ever an hour where all I've done is complain about like not getting a writing job, we're done because that's not mm. what this is for. This is for yeah. this is for me and my dealing with me and my parents. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes they owe me. <laughs> totally. You know, I've been doing trauma therapy lately and it's like amazing how you start and sometimes it takes you on a completely different turn. You know what I thought I was going for. I thought mm. I was going for like stuff that happened during the birth of my son. Like I was like, well, that's my, I have PTSD from this moment, you know? And then it's like amazing how beautiful our brains are and like how connected they are to our souls and how I have a six year old and I'm watching him navigate like, his first real uncomfortable social moments mm. and how they just are like core memories that mm. are gonna, f- I can't, I can't help him. He's going to have to just navigate this in his own life, but like they are going to fundamentally shape his heart and his soul. They like are tattooed on his heart and he may go to trauma therapy when he's 35 for, I don't know, some weird job he had. <laughs> and then he'll end up talking about the uh, how ha- ha- the holiday party that we just went to. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and how he didn't feel like he was a part of the group. You know, like you mm-hmm. never know. It's just it's so wild how how our stuff comes out in different ways, and especially in a couple. Like you know, you're sometimes I'm like so grateful that. Like I'm keenly aware that whatever outburst just happened is not my my stuff. It's mm. like your stuff from when you were nine. <laughs> were you uh, were you a therapy person before, like going back before like even doing acting and all that kind of stuff? 
Yeah, what was the upbringing? I mean, yes, I could wiki it, but I prefer to hear your version of your story. I Do you did, know what I mean? I did wiki it, so I, I know, know the answer, but... But I'm just curious in terms of, like... Because I always think, again, when you're a creative person, you know, you get kind of two options. You know, the, the family that says, go forth unafraid, and the family that's like, ah... You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, I was lucky when it comes to creative stuff. My family, they were all like, my mom's an elementary school gym teacher. She was like, I don't get it, but I will help you do this. Would Would you like to help me? You know, here you go. But I, I think that being, um, being an artist and particularly being an artist on Broadway, the, the eight shows a week of it, especially when you add in singing and dancing to it, Yes, acting, but especially when you add singing and dancing to it, there is a definite uh, athletic component. And I, I find it the most similar to uh, being a professional athlete. And I was doing, um, I did Wicked. on. Mm-hmm. I first I did Legally Blonde on Broadway, and then I did Wicked for like a year and a half on Broadway, and then I went and did it in Chicago. And Chicago... Is a magic city. I love it, but I was there during the really cold part of the year. I was I remember being starting in the summer and then I finished in lit, like the end of January, and the lack of sunlight, mm-hmm. the cold, and then I was very isolated. And I had celiac disease and didn't know it yet, so I got oh. sick a lot. Mm-hmm. I still do get sick a lot, um, and it's really hard to be sick when you're singing every day. And there's a lot of, there's back, I think it's going to shift because of COVID, but there's a lot of pressure in, in the theater world to, to not miss. Yeah. You don't miss shows yeah. and you don't get paid when you miss. At a certain level, you don't get paid your eighth. You don't, you, they dock your paycheck an eighth wow. if you miss a show. So there's also a piece of that that's just like, what is this? This is crazy. And it's old school and it's been like this forever. And I remember just that was the first time that I really felt true anxiety. I had my first panic attack. Um, I, I didn't really realize I was like seasonally depressed mm. and I had really intense anxiety that I didn't realize I had. And then I started, um, seeing a therapist like six months after I finished that run and it changed. I remember it changed my whole life. I was like, Oh, uh, and, and then I also, like realized I had anxiety and then I started realizing that it was so similar to professional athletes to all these great pitchers and hitters. And the same thing happens on stage where you'll and on camera too, where sometimes you'll go through like a slump or you, where you can't access something. And once I started really like connecting it to a sports uh, loop, then I found a lot of, different pathways and people to help me. And also found a lot of help of, of great professionals in New York who worked with tons of the actors. And I also started yeah. talking about it more. We all started talking about it more in the last 10 years, but this was like 15 years ago. And, you know, you start secretly being like, Hey, do you have panic attacks? And the amount of people that I <laughs> found that play that took beta blockers, mm-hmm. Xanax, um, sparingly and from time to time. And, one time I took out a van before an audition that I got from a friend before I'd seen my first psychiatrist and like took too much on accident and was like totally like oh, stoned. No. And I don't like that feeling at all. You know, I'm yeah. a person who doesn't, you know, some people can have a drink before they get up and sing a couple songs. I can't even have a sip. I hate, I, I like feeling in control. Yes. yes. What's out do? 
Um, it's an anti-anxiety medicine, but like the same thing is it's, it's just a different Xanax. Basically they're in the same family, but if you take too much, you can feel kind of stoned and it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, terrible feeling. Right. Like, like I know you the yeah. sides, right? You're like, what, what's going on, man? <laughs> I, 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 I remember singing and being like, do I hear a waltz? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it was so weird. I gave the weirdest performance. I'm already weird. Uh, it sounds <laughs> so anyways, fun. Sounds like you like made it real jazzy. <laughs> it was something. It didn't get a call back. Thank you. Anyways, it was like, you made a jazzy. That was not what they were looking for. <laughs> this oh is Jersey gosh. Boys. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, but it's amazing how when you're in front of an audience, you know, you can have your best moments and your worst moments. Most of the time people don't know that they're your worst moments, but my husband's a huge, huge baseball fan. He works for the St. Louis Cardinals. And so he watches a lot of baseball and he's a brilliant actor also. Um, and it's like amazing to me when I watch baseball, how hard the crowd can be on these people mm. and watching like a pitcher have a rough inning or watching a batter just like, you know, the bases are loaded and it's up to this one batter to like do Bring the it thing. home. Yeah. And when it doesn't happen, the way that sometimes we're paying them all this money, you know, all this like, bleh. and the performer in me is just deep empathy. I pray for them when they go <laughs> up for these moments, you know, and I pray for both sides, like the mental health that these, that these, elite athletes are navigating. I thought about it during all this world cup stuff. It's just like performance pressure is really psychological and it's, it's comes from stuff in your childhood. Cause all these people who are at a pro level, I would say all of them have been doing it since they were kid right. kids. So they have kids stuff going on and you know, it's just lots of layers. And anyway, so that's kind of how I came to Therapy. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm an empath, so I was ready. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love talking about feelings and souls and how they come together. <laughs> yeah, that's a great metaphor. I At UCB, by the way, they tried to do the sports metaphor. It doesn't really work there. Broadway it does. <laughs> Although I'll say this. The only difference is no one's ever thrown a cup of Pepsi at Andre DeShields. <laughs> At Hades Town, that's true. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> narrate no. better. <laughs> but but also like sometimes when the audience is just like sometimes a Wednesday matinee can feel like somebody's throwing Pepsi in your yes, face. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel the way about stand up. Like, again, I'm not on for the duration of a Broadway show, but for instance, like late like last month, I did some headlining sets, and that was you know 45 minutes to an hour where I'm like. That's an energy thing I need to get. And I know for me that when my energy is not there, that's when I have the hardest time. I know that's when I'm not present because I really am almost like I'm conjuring it as opposed to being it. Yes. You know, and like when I don't and like what it takes to get your head right. Like I know like I come like first of all, you know, I be sweating on that stage, Andy. I come oh. off stage. I'm just dripping. And I am a little, you know, and I and I don't just stand there. That's not how I perform on stage. Where I'm just like, aha, it's going to tell you guys something. And yes. you want me to hear whatever. So it is a different. I mean, certainly not to the level, you know. No, there's a lot but of screaming. But it screaming and moving and dipping and like I need what it takes to maintain that energy, especially in your work. You do eight shows a week. Because it's funny, when I was little, because I grew up in New York, and I was always like, I want to be on Broadway, because you only work at night, and you only work for three hours, is what I thought when I was like seven years old. And then when I became like old enough to know what's happening, I was like, oh no, that's really oh hard. Oh my gosh. Well, you get up at, at whatever morning in the morning, because now I have a kiddo, so that'll be a whole new thing. I, 
you know, called other fellow uh, parents on the Broadway to be like, hey, how's it been? How do you do it, you guys? But anyways, you get up in the morning and your whole day revolves around seven o'clock. So I always, there's sometimes even folks in our industry, they'll be like, but you only, you only work at night, you know? And you're like, yes. And I'm actually working all day to make sure I can do it at night. Mm -hmm. And also it like doesn't get easier. Sometimes it's harder in month four than it was a month Mm -hmm. two or, you know, it's like so complicated. But what I will say though, about stand up, um, I do, I do my, my, I do my club act, which is old school cabaret, which is the closest that I ever get to stand up. So it's like, you know, me telling long stories and jokes that, um, that I try really hard to make funnier than they are. But anyways, <laughs> the feeling of bombing, like I hosted an award show last year and they pushed me on stage at one point and I don't have a repertoire that I can pull out. And I remember thinking, well, if something goes terribly wrong, I'll just go up to the band and we'll like improv a song, you know, I'll ask questions from the audience and we'll do that thing. Mm-hmm. And Lin-Manuel was there. So I was like, Lin will help me. I'll just make him come up on stage. You know, we'll figure it out. So they pushed me out on stage and I walked over to the band and they were gone. Oh God. <laughs> so I had to vamp. And it was awful. I remember I did tell one joke about, I went and sat down and pretended to like, I couldn't play the piano. Remember that, that, um, that movie that where Kirsten Dunst didn't know how to play the piano last year. No, you know what I'm talking no. about. Mm-hmm. Well, this is why I didn't get a laugh. <laughs> I did a callback to this great movie. I did. It was so funny. And I was like, nobody laughed. I was like, do you get it? And they were like, you heard like 40 people go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Okay. But anyways, the point is, I remember like every friend that I know that does stand up and I just started filming, uh, welcome to Chippendales. And I'd spending all this time with Kumail. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I have to tell you about the, what happened. I didn't know him that well yet. He was so sweet and told me about like 50 times that he bombed. But basically the the feeling of bombing is a panic attack if you've never had one in a way. You know what I mean? Like you can't explain that feeling to somebody. There's like a fight or flight about it. It's yeah. like you can't like nobody will ever understand that unless they've had it happen to them. It's like we don't like you. Yes. Which is not really what it is. Like, there's a whole therapy of bombing. Like, there's multiple sessions you could have just about bombing. But it's also, I think, this magical rite of passage of of just sort of, like, reminding yourself that what the sound that they make means nothing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Concentrated indifference. There, <laughs> I Like, having that kind of just, like, sorry, yes. I was, like... I was like back in the Chelsea stage, UCB stage for a moment. I'm just like, yes. oh, okay. I remember this feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I know. Can't you could just go back to it. It's sort of what they tell you not to do when you're working on having panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> they don't <laughs> like think about feeling. the last time. Or desensitize yourself to it. That's another thing. Like there's a great like thing about desensitizing yourself to it. I forget what they call it in CBT. Like you got to go back to the scene of the crime so it doesn't feel as activated for you. Mm-hmm. And also, don't take it so personally, you know? Oh, God, I don't know. Like, the uh, Vermont Comedy Club, the Friday Late Show, these people were not having me. Like, literally, and again, I knew before, right? Because they were already giving the feature a hard time. And I'd yes. already seen it. So I was like, okay, this is going to be rough. So then when I get out there, and then I go, did y'all just come here to come out? 
Like I literally asked him at one point because I was like, "You are not simply that you don't like me. You don't seem to want to laugh." Full yeah, stop. That's the only good thing. I think there's there, like in terms of like you can address it if you're a stand up or you're doing something where you're yourself and and facing the audience. If you are doing any kind of theatrical production and they're oh. not having it, you're stuck in the show. Right? You're, you're stuck. stuck in the show. You're stuck. I remember doing sketches where from moment one yep. they were not on my side. Yes. And I'm just like, well, we're stuck for the next four minutes doing this thing. <laughs> yes. Do you whatever. know what I do sometimes on stage? Well, there's this magic thing that happens where, like, whoever's in the first first 15 minutes of the show, uh, you come off and kind of tell everybody. Be like, they're terrible. Pick up your cues. Like, don't uh-huh. wait for the laugh. You know, like, let's just go. Um, and then, I, so there's that piece. And then I also feel like I have a weird thing where – there's been a, a couple of times where I filmed a show that they were going to like, we did legally blonde for MTV. So we did the show for two shows in a row without an audience. Mm. And you just like pretended you were doing it on camera. Like you were, cause you were doing it on camera. So sometimes I'll just pretend like I'm shooting it. Like if they're that bad and they're not going to laugh, I pretend they're not there and I'm doing like a, um, we're doing it now as a limited series. So I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yep. Oh my God, you like, guys, the limited series. Yes. Like I go in my mind to uh-huh. a different place and space. And so it's a different medium so that it doesn't make my soul hurt. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I got a better one. Pink Lotus. Pink Lotus. Well, oh, that, that sounds a like bomb. a that's a that good a, porn. That was a bomb. Yeah, that's a good porn. That's a good porn Thank name. You. I liked it. You I was that. like, you could we could riff on that for twenty minutes. I'm gonna leave the silence in there so that everyone you have knows to. You that, have to that, leave the beat in there. That was a you micro should. bomb right there. That, I that liked a, it. Wait, before so we're gonna answer um, listeners' advice questions, but before we do that, I just want to know uh, just a little bit. Uh, so you've been, you and Joe have been together for fifteen years. Did you do a lot yeah. of dating before that? Was it, you know, where there's a lot of long term folks? We we weirdly met. We kind of got we got set up, and the first time we met, I remember leaving. I had to go to the airport to fly back to this gig I was doing, and. I remember being like, oh, well, that's a boy that I like would actually marry, Mm. you know, and then we'd see each other like at random places. One time we saw each other on the N train. I remember going uptown on the 23rd Street stop. He got on and we were both like, hey, hey, you. (laughs) And then um, we he came to like this concert I was doing at Birdland and I remember I had sang a couple songs and then I sat down in the audience before I had to go up for my last couple songs. And we had this like moment where we looked at each other and we looked at each other too long, <laughs> you know, and then that was kind of it. And then he didn't want to date me. He was like immature and kind of the worst. And he kept canceling on me. And I remember I, like, I told my, I was doing wicked at the time. Um, and I told my dresser and my hairdresser, I was like, I called him texty. It was when we could, it took you 15 minutes to text. Mm-hmm. on a push phone mm-hmm. and I remember being like he's got like one more chance and the stagehand strike happened how about that remember that was years ago and then uh we finally like had a date and then that was kind of it we dated for that was it was like, Meaning oh, okay it was off to the races from that yeah date. he kind of didn't want to date me because I think he knew that that was like the end of fun like I think <laughs> wait what he says that too. Meaning he like, knew she was, have, she was the gal uh-huh. he was not going to be out have to like grow up like do things better as a human <laughs> um he'd be fine with me saying that but um, yeah and i was 
we were young, but I, he, I'm like five and a half years younger than him. So I was a, I was a baby. I was like 24, 23 mm-hmm. or 24. Huh. Um, but you know, I'm an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we've been together for a really long time. And then, um, the thing about him as a partner that I feel like I love the most is that he didn't, he was like, okay. He was kind of like, could go either way of having children. He was kind of like, come see, come saw, whatever you want. I'll do what you want to do. And then when we had Jack, like watching him become a parent and watching him become the parent that he is, has been like, just like the thing I'm the most proud of him of all. I'm, and also his sobriety, which I think they go together. Oh yeah. 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 You want sober dad. You know, I think we can all agree. uh, We want sober dad over drunk dad any day of the week. Yeah, and you know, we have so much addiction in our um, lineage and also, um, like, I have so many sober people in my life. I think it's part of why God put me on the planet for this life is to, to um, you know, be a part of people's journey in that way for some reason. I don't know why, but I just am a part of that. But anyways, it, he always says this amazing thing. He's like, I don't, our kid will never, knock on wood, never see me drunk. Just like a miracle. You know, I always say he's a miracle. So anyways, that's kind of, um, yeah, I'm just really, I really am so grateful. And I loved looking at him during the throes of the pandemic pandemic when we smelled and had done 1,800 videos <laughs> to raise money. <laughs> Do you remember like when you were like, why am I more busy during the pandemic doing like... <laughs> Zoom shows what? and benefits oh. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram lives. Oh, it was exhausting. And I feel bad saying that. And then also, were you guys in New York or were you, where were you? LA. We were here. Yeah. LA, LA. We were still in New York and we were lived around the corner from that nursing home that had like 50 people die in a weekend. Oh so God. we also felt that trauma, you know, like I think we're nervous to go back to, I'm just talking on, this is like a therapy. Session. This is perfect. <laughs> this is what people do. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like going on and on about how much I, I just really love my husband a lot. I'm really <laughs> proud of him. I'm really grateful for him. And I'm really grateful that we did couples therapy because I'm grateful that we both do therapy. I think it really is, um, makes us better at communicating it makes us a better parental unit oh definitely also i believe that when white men don't go to therapy that is terrorism so (laughs) you know i'm glad that he's taking care of himself okay because sometimes they don't they're out here unchecked and rageful oh yeah and we cannot have it we cannot have it Amen. Do you know what else, too? I feel like another thing, just one last, like, note, is that um, we tell our kids sorry and when we don't do as good as we could have. And I feel like that's huge. Like, when I mess up, you know, my my therapist says your kids see you on your best days and they see you on your worst days and they see the very best of you and the very worst of you more than anybody else. And so when he sees the very worst of me, I acknowledge it and I tell him sorry and I ask him if he can forgive me and can we reset? Mm, That's great. Wow. Okay. Jack is a good kid. Before therapy, every argument I'd get in was a a, a battle to the death. So (laughs) (laughs) even, and I remember so many times where like I would be halfway through and I'd be like, oh, I'm wrong. And then instead of stopping it and being like, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I would <laughs> just exhaust the other person. Going. I would exhaust the other person and then and then put them in a shallow grave. It was really like, that's what it felt like. Yeah, it was like. cool and good. <laughs> and it was then, cool and good. And then ther- I'm just like, now if I'm like, I'm just like, you know, halfway through, if, you, if I realize that I'm wrong, I can just stop it and be like, 
you know, or stop. Like, I don't stop it at that moment exactly. Still. <laughs> like, it's still difficult to, like, be like, but very close, very close to the moment of realizing I'm wrong. I stop and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. That's I think huge. Yeah, we also roast each other. I think we're very, we're both like, because I'm that same way too. Because there'll be times where I'm just like, I'm just in a mood, right? And Ashley <laughs> has to do with nothing, but I'll like get mad on some bullshit, and then Andy will be like, "What are you talking about?" And I'll be like, "I'm not stopping. I'm at this pitch, and I'm staying here." <laughs> sometimes you need to just go for it. I also sometimes will be like in a space, and occasionally I'll be like, "It's chemical." Okay, <laughs> this is chemical for myself and for him. I'll be like, it's chemical. My husband just walked in. <laughs> Don't I sometimes romance. say it's chemical when I'm having an emotional experience that I'm not myself. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the mic did pick up that. Joe said he I'm loved literally Joe in Smith. the middle of a podcast and he comes in. He comes in. He's going to ask me for something. What are you going to ask for? I just needed. There they are. What are you looking for? Your ear pods? My ear. My ear. My ear. <laughs> Look, we, you guys see name Joe's hand and yeah, his name is on his ear pods, so you know right he's now. organized. <laughs> he's, he's way more organized. That's actually what we fight about sometimes. He's OCD and I, I'm clean, but I am, I'm clean like I clean the toilets, but I'm a messy person. Time. On my own time, as he's leaving the room. No, on tough. my own, t- on my own time. <laughs> okay, this is a perfect time. Now that we've seen Joe's hand and his AirPods, now we can take a break. Was well, a wrap gift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, doesn't that just say everything? It's in the calendar that I'm spending this time with you guys. I'm in the back room with the door closed, which is what we do when we're having moments like these. And he just comes in uh-huh. and starts talking. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. (laughs) It's gorgeous. I love it. Yes. Okay. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again. And today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because... We're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed absolutely embarrassed to say i'm middle-aged and just finding this out but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference i won't say where i usually get my boxers from but for comparison me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angels feathers and the other ones i wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke me undies got style for everyone from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4xl And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. 
Also, I gotta point this out. There is a particular technology that the folks at Me Undies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. We're back with Annalie Asher and Henny here to help you handle your scandal, get right with your God, and create the energy you want to see in the world. Okay, mm. that's Annalie. This is why she's part of people's sober journey. Because she out here, y'all, you need to know we started this at like 10 in the morning. And you know Andy and I don't believe in morning. And Annalie got up in here and was like, you know what? Life is beautiful and I love my husband. And now that <laughs> shit's infectious. Now I love Andrew. So <laughs> you loved me before. <laughs> You loved me before. How dare you? For a joke? For a joke, Naomi? Yep, for a joke. Mm, all right. <laughs> all out. All out. We get questions from our audience that are also seeking this kind of energy. We can't manufacture it. Hopefully our guests can. <laughs> so so uh, we're expecting maybe more out of you. Wow, don't put the pressure on. I'm putting the pressure She's on. She's our visitor. I'm sweating. You've treaded the boards on Broadway, the Great White Way. You're, you're no stranger to this pressure. <laughs> We talked about how sick the pressure you've was treaded five the, minutes ago. You've treaded the boards on the gray white way. You've treaded the couches on the Upper West Side. You <laughs> the couches. <laughs> That's where all the therapists are. Oh, therapists. Okay, thank you. Yeah. She is on the Upper West Side. How'd you know, Madeline? That's where, all, good every, That's where the they good all are. Every oh, therapist we've ever had is Upper West Side. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Okay. Okay. So we got questions from uh, Gmail, from Instagram, Twitter. Of course, our favorite voicemail, Naomi. What is the voicemail number? 323-524-7839. 
And uh, this first one, well, so Naomi and I are uh, are planning our wedding right now. So I thought this was a this was a very good. Uh, this is a wedding one. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Hi, Andy, Naomi, and your guest. Um, I love your work. I love that you have the energy of like an aunt and uncle that their nibbling would like come out of the closet to, which is um, exactly what I need. So I'm also kind of in the throes of planning my wedding to my beloved partner. Um, my question's not actually about him. Uh, he's doing great. Um, my question's about my stepmom. <laughs> so my mom passed away about 11 years ago, um, and it's really hard to like plan a wedding with my mom not there, and uh, my stepmom is not making things easier. The whole time her and my dad have been together, she's had the worst boundaries in the world, and we like kind of reached a detente um, a little while ago. Now the wedding is like throwing everything into a mess, and she gets like offended if she isn't like allowed to do mom stuff, or like if I ask for my dad to do something without her, and then it's like, well, you're not my mom, and like on top of all this, like in addition to that stuff, I just like don't like her as a person. I think she's annoying. She's also really like no. into like gender roles and like hetero weird hetero bullshit and like my partner and I both queer, like not into that at all. Um she's trying to like tell us what to do with the wedding and like all this stuff and like I'm having a lot of trouble setting a boundary with it because like I wanna you know, I I want to make sure that my dad's included. He's really important to me. I want to make sure he feels supported, that, like, his partner is there. But she just really is making things challenging for me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can give me any advice on, like, boundary setting around weddings and, like, mm-hmm. the best way to do that. Um, it's also hard because my dad is paying for, like, a lot of the wedding. So the uh-huh. financial stuff plays in or it's, like, I kind of can't tell him what to do because he's, like, paying for it. Anyway, um, if you can give me any advice around, like, when do I need to suck it up and when can I say like, no, you're actually not allowed to do that. And if that makes you mad, like fuck off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ah. <sighs> thank you both. <sighs> <Bye>. <laughs> Some heavy sighs at the end. The heavy sighs were very relatable. <laughs> very uh. relatable. And also, oh, I just want to hug her because it's a hard thing to do without your mama. When you lost your mama like that, that's really rough yeah now did you and joe have a you know a full-on wedding production style was it a city hall and a dinner what was the vibe you guys you know who was at my who was in my wedding damien damien bellino damien was in my wedding he was in my wedding wedding party Oh my god. I know. Amazing. I texted I him to that. be like, guess who I get to podcast with tonight? <laughs> <laughs> um so we had Joe wanted like every person he'd ever met to be in our wet in his wedding party. So um he had like t- I think he had like twelve groomsmen or something oh insane. Oh my gosh. So um I also had ten groomsmen and then my sister and my friend Celise. Really? Um, mine were all gay men. Um <laughs> But anyways, my grandma uh, was like another mama to me, and she passed away um, uh, like right before Joe and I started dating, and my grandpa remarried right before we got married, right after we got married. So uh, a similar situation, but I also had my mom and my uncles to kind of help navigate this Mm. whole conversation. But man, is it hard to express boundaries with the generation who 
doesn't talk about boundaries. Yes, exactly. And, yep. it's, exactly. and it's also, I think weddings are really fascinating because I don't know if you guys feel like you're haven't gotten into this. Our wedding was a um, destination wedding for everybody else. I'm from Colorado. So for everybody else, it was a destination wedding. Well, this is what we're being told because we're in Los Angeles. Apparently our wedding's a destination, but it's where yeah. I live. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's really a whole other, it's like, there's so many layers to it, but it's really fascinating to me. The same thing happens with funerals and the same thing happens when you have a, have a baby. There's always a couple people and it's more than one. There's usually like two or three people who cannot help themselves. They make it about them. Like there's, they need, I don't know what it is, but there's, they need, they, there's, lots of attention about that day and they need some and there's something at a soul level for them that needs something from this event and it's very uncomfortable for everybody else emotionally and socially and it just is like oh, it's like some for some reason on a soul level they need some sort of drama on a day where they can get attention so anyways it <laughs> sort of sounds like there's some of that happening I don't know. Do you guys feel like, do you have anything? Is there somebody who's needing attention already from your, <laughs> I love it. Literally everyone besides us. Yes. Uh, yeah. Isn't that wild? It mm-hmm. is. It's very, it's so interesting to you because like my mom, the first thing she goes, well, it's your day. Do what you want. And then very quickly had a lot of things that she wanted and had problems with what I wanted to do. And it was just like, and that's the thing that's funny. Cause to me, the funnier thing is on one hand, yes, as we're saying, this happens, right? There's always people like this. It's more her saying that top line sentence and then taking these other actions because now the record shows, well, I said you could do what you wanted. But it was like, but then your actions didn't back up the sentence. And so this is where we are in our situation. But I think what this person can do or what I'm wondering, can you do? Because as you said, your dad is very important to you. Obviously, you know, you and your father went through the loss of your mother, you know, do you and your father have a relationship where you can talk to him separately and honestly? And as opposed to, and obviously you know how to do this, not a conversation where you're like, she annoying and she trying to do whatever. Being like, dad, you are my person and you like mean the world to me. And there are th- and for my wedding, I want things that are just us, right? When you come at him with some of this, the emotion of like, this is what I want from you, as opposed to shit talking the wife. Because I don't know, I think I think she should go to him and totally shit talk the wife. Yeah, think, I'm sure he'll burn be, it down. I'm sure he'll be open to that. It'll be a productive <laughs> conversation. I'm sure. There's there's nothing worse too than when. That, that, like, if her dad defends I know. the stepmom, well, this is the that's, thing. like, the worst part. You're like, don't defend. Just say you're on my side. <laughs> exactly. She won't know. Uh. You, don't, you don't even need to be on her side. Just lie to me and say you're on my side. Exactly. You know? I think it's, like, say that. And then I think you – and then I think what you're saying, though, when you said – you also asked the end where you're, like, you know, when should I, like, let it go? That's for you to decide. Decide for you what your negotiables and non-negotiables are. They're the things I care about in my wedding, and there's certain things where – is it what I what I want? No. But if it will shut you up, fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are. Like, I don't care about every, like, every little thing. So it's like, you know, granted, like, would I do this or whatever? Is there an example for, for our wedding? Well, this is like, happening? well, like, for instance, you know, my mom is like, are you going to have favors? Are you going to give people favors? You have to give people favors. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think so. Personally, I also have never been to a wedding where I have kept the favor. Like, you know, you get a little style. Something. 
They're well, all recently just, I mean, suddenly I love weddings. I would have been a wedding <laughs> planner if I wasn't an actor. Like, swear to God. So I sometimes read, they're like, there's been like a, just a moment. It could change in two months, but tell your mom, mom, they're out of style. You can well, just also lie. <laughs> you can also lie. But then also, for instance, like Andy's parents, they want to do a cocktail hour the night before they want to do a brunch. I don't want to do a fucking brunch. I don't it's even really want to do a cocktail hour because honestly, the wedding day is, itself is going to be so long. I don't want to be out the night before. Just I don't want to be out the night before socializing. The Put morning after you get married, pretend you have diarrhea. Okay. Yes, and then you don't have to Some- show up to anything. I remember <laughs> Joe's mom being like, where are you guys? At like 9 o'clock in the morning, the morning after we got married. We're like, we're having coffee and like a scone. Leave us alone. Just give us one more minute by ourselves. I should have said, I have explosive diarrhea. And everybody would have been like, she ate something weird last night. I you think know? it's got to be one of them. Like, maybe I'll give you cocktail hour, but like, no brunch. But but that's also a thing where it's like, or they can do it, but maybe we don't have to show up. But that's not how that's done. <laughs> I would rather you not do what if the we, br- What if we zoom in? <laughs> that's perfect. That's have, perfect. What, okay. You, yeah, you could just have cardboard this. cutouts of you guys that just yes. go to the things you don't want to go to. I love that. But also, you know, we, we hire a guy. He, he comes in in a suit with a briefcase. He opens up the briefcase. There's a laptop in there. Opens that. Okay. And then we zoom in on that. So I mean, it looks it's perfect. Like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> do you know, cool. do you know the two with this, this, I feel like in this situation, uh, I remember when my grandpa did marry his now wife, they asked me to come to it. They decided to get married in New York. Um, I don't know why, but they decided to do that. And they asked me to come be the witness for them. And it was like one of the few times in my whole life where I've actually like didn't do something just to please somebody that I didn't want to do. And this is, I think, something where she can, you know, really go through what is the most important? Like you said, what's the most important? Like what's going to break your heart and what's not, Yes. you know? And, and that's all you have to say is, and like, you know, you can use the memory of your mom at every turn because that is, that is what this is about. That right. is really, really, really hard. And so I, I don't know. I think that would be a, and also if you need to maybe bring in a, third party to help you navigate the conversation with your dad if he won't if it wouldn't freak him out too much but it's maybe an easier way to be like i don't know how to express this to you but this is how i'm having heartbreak and i know you miss mom too and you know yeah it's gonna be a hard day so maybe set set yourself up for it i think you're very right i think this coming again coming at it with the emotion of like this brings up mom stuff for me and her trying to fill that hole actually hurts more however you want to put it but then also the other one last thing and we'll do our second question is that like the woman uh, oh, our planner, you know, she's always like, you got to give them an activity. The, you yeah. know, the person. So I'm like, so that's my other thing, too. And again, part of your list of what do you want? What do you not? Where it's like, OK, let her plan. Like if she really needs to be in the mix, let her plan the the brunch, the bridal shower, the whatever. If If you are willing to give it over, let her do it and just be like, whatever you want, Elaine. I don't know. Yeah. I named her Elaine. I love it. Yeah, Elaine, if she's whatever she's good at, whatever Elaine is good at, then let her do that. Yes, Yes. this is the equivalent of giving a child a placemat with a maze at a restaurant. Yes, yes, Yes. absolutely. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're an adult too. Adult equivalent of that for a wedding. Yeah. The other, someone else has said this. uh, uh, You can also get a mom wrangler. I forget who has told (laughs) us this, but uh, assign a friend or someone to to your stepmother. To kind of just like 
<laughs> to wrangle them, to yeah. like listen to them, and that's yeah. their that's their wedding gift to you. That's your friend's it's wedding just, gift wrangling. to you. Is to, yeah, is to do this wrangling. Yeah, yeah, I think that works. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you want to do one more? Yeah. Has to go. Yeah. Let's do this one. Hey guys, I'm a big fan, first time caller, um, calling from the gay mecca of Hell's Kitchen, New York. Uh, go figure, innovative, another gay listening to your podcast. Um, I'm calling specifically about a situation that I'm having with my long term, I guess you could say now, boyfriend. We've been together for two years um, tomorrow from the day that I'm calling. Um, it's been really great. We met during COVID on an app. We're both into soccer. We both play video games. We have a lot in common. Um, I am a cis white man. He is a non-binary Asian person. Uh, I'm he, him, and he's uh, any pronoun that you wish to use. Um, so my biggest issue is that we've been having a lot of uh, communicative issues. He'll, he's really one to internalize, and I have had a lot of trauma in my life. Um, you know, a uh, parent dying very quickly out of nowhere, uh, being bullied since, you know, being very young for uh, my weight, obviously being gay. Um, so I've kind of learned to really vocalize my problems and talk to people about them because that's, you know, how anybody can feel really good. That's mm -hmm. very healthy of going to therapy a bit. Um, his issue is that he'll internalize any problems that we have um, and he'll bring them up a long time after they've been an issue or he'll be like, I've been thinking about this for a while and after I get out of him, how long it's been, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's months. I get that. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out, is this a communication issue that, you think someone can grow into changing the way they communicate or if they're stubborn and I haven't really seen any change in communication, is this something that can be fixed? Um, because of this, I feel like he pushes a lot of decisions onto me, which make things very difficult. And, you know, very recently, but the reason that kind of made me call today, um, I went to talk to my roommate yesterday, who's another gay man, and I was like, oh, hey, do you want to watch Bros tomorrow night? Because um, I don't really want to go out. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Um, and my boyfriend tells me the next day that he felt like we were going to watch that together, but he had never said anything about it. And I can barely get him to watch TV shows with me, let alone movies. So um, these communication issues are really starting to bother me. And it kind of makes me feel like I'm not paying enough attention or I'm not good enough in this relationship. Mm. When I know that I'm like really trying my hardest and I'm very open and communicative, you know, really at all times. And I try not to keep anything in any way. Um, I would appreciate any help. I know that was a really long message. I'm sorry, guys, but I love the both of you. You do such a great job. And guests, wherever you are, I'm sure you rock, too. So, mm -hmm. thanks, guys. Bye. This Hell's Kitchen yeah. Gay is going to love the Annalie Ashford uh, question. I okay? was like, Hell's Kitchen Gay? Are we friends? Do we know exactly. each other? Oh, I want to haunt you. Uh, By the <laughs> way, when you mentioned Damien, I, I realized how much I missed him. I know. I like, it's, I'm hard. Like, it's hard. I like looked in for him and I was like, oh God, I, I really missed I him. I love you him know, so, so much. He's <laughs> just the dreamiest. I know. Um, good human. And also... Uh, yeah, it's, he's still, does he have his beard right now? I'm just thinking how bad. Yes, he does. At least I saw him in November. I was in New York for a moment and I got to see him because um, he also lives uptown. So that's the thing. Damien's like, I can walk to his house and I cannot <sighs> say that for many New York friends. So, no, like, it's amazing. I love that that's what I'm asking about because he looks so, so good with that beard. I'm like, yes, beard. I know when the beard happens. Um, do you know, this is such an interesting question because the thing that made me like want to jump into the phone through the line to Hell's Kitchen and hug him is when he was like, is this my fault? 
you know, mm-hmm. and that piece of it, you're like, oh, buddy, no. This is, and that's that trauma that I see kind of coming out, you know, like it's not your fault at all that this person that you are connected in a beautiful way with is really not expressing feelings. And I'm really curious if this person is having their own therapy journey as well. And this also feels like, I don't know what you guys think, but this feels like you can ask the other person to tell you how they feel all you want. But I, I, I unfortunately feel like it may be a time that they need to have somebody else come in and help them. That maybe a, this may be a, a point where you have a third party come in and help you navigate these conversations because he seems like he's not willing to, to open up. You know what I mean? I mean? What do you guys they think? They should have a threesome? <laughs> well, that's always, always helps everybody open up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I close up at the thought of that. Uh I'd be so bad at it. Other people are so good at it. It's just like in this lifetime, God did not give me the tools for threesome. I don't know why. I've thought about it a lot. I'm just, it's not my gift. Anyways, the point is, um, I meant like they should maybe go to therapy together because this seems like when somebody's really close. It feels mm. like he, the way reason he must be closed is for whatever trauma that that he, she, or they has been navigating in their life, um, and like you can't crack somebody's you can't crack somebody's uh, shell if if you haven't maybe over this time you know you maybe yeah. need somebody else to crack it with you. Yeah, definitely. No, I was gonna say I'm like you know, babe, you're listening to the podcast. Now you got to do the thing. Okay. You listen yeah. to couples therapy podcast. You got to do actual couples therapy. And I, I think, think so. that, and this is, but this is what can be tricky, especially with a person who's closed off who may not have their own therapy journey. You have to tell us that caller. Cause we don't know. So we're just assuming they don't because they don't have words. They will hear couples therapy and think, Oh God, Oh God, we're in trouble. This is over. You don't whatever. It's like, I think it's really saying like, uh, it's really difficult to be the partner I want to be when you don't tell me what you need or what you want in advance. Cause you know, cause as you're saying, it's like, um, you love this person. It's been two years. So certainly something is keeping y'all in it. And I, it's not just pandemic. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, so, so, you want to be together, but you can't be the kind of partner you want to be, which is an attentive, kind, you know, helpful partner when the other person isn't telling you what they, what they want, you know, and and, and that, that bros example, again, it's a minor, but it is also emblematic because I think if you're not telling me the little shit, which is like, I thought we were going to watch it or like, let's do this or whatever then Lord knows what else you're holding. Especially as you said, there's nothing I hate more (laughs) than like, Oh, that thing you said two weeks ago, I'm mad about. Because then suddenly I feel like I'm not on solid ground. As the person who did that for, well, okay, two things. <laughs> One is uh, is our couples therapist. I think the main thing that happens in couples therapy for us is that he translates between the two of us. Yes. I'll say something. He's like, oh, this is what you're really saying. And I'm like, most of the time I'm like, yeah, that's right. And then <laughs> same thing with Naomi. Sometimes I quibble. Sometimes he does not. like to quibble. Sometimes he gets it's just not semantics. exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not the, the, the correct flavor. <laughs> it's the it's the right Jolly Rancher, but not the right flavor. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The right candy, but not the right flavor. My mouth's just watered. <laughs> <laughs> uh hey, look. You're coming to couples therapy, the podcast, you're getting some mouth watering metaphors. That's <laughs> what this is about. 
So, but the other thing is as the person who did that for a long time, I think for me, there's both this kind of like repression where you're like, I don't want to say this out loud because because there's a fear of what that will do uh, in the relationship, saying your own feelings. And then there's also this kind of like, is this the right time? You go, you're in your head a lot and you're like, well, is this the right time to say this? And you're like, uh, maybe, I don't know. I think all of it's fear-based though. Whatever it is, I think the bottom line is fear of saying something into the world and having that change the world. And you're like, I'm rather have the world like it is where I'm not expressing myself and then you hold it in and then at some point in two months later it just explodes out of you because you can't you can't hold it all or in. you like you know punch a hole in the wall and you're like why did i do that i've never <laughs> for the record i've never done that by the way just so we're clear that was not a that was not like something i've done i just want everyone to know that i know you do you want everyone to know that i want everyone to know i'm not you protest <laughs> too much. you're protesting too much <laughs> we're gonna talk about this later um you, i i believe that you didn't punch a wall I also believe that uh, it's probably really hard for the caller to have this conversation with somebody who's not emotionally open to so much. Mm-hmm. So it's it may feel easier to explain it in a way that this person could understand couples therapy in a different way so that it's not a negative. There's not something wrong. We're not broken. It's more like, you know, when your computer, you open up a program and it just won't open Sometimes you have to take it into the shop so that they can just create a new pathway in the code for the program to open, you know, and like, okay, technology metaphors. I get it. My Photoshop you know, icon wasn't working and yes. I had to go, I had to delete the Photoshop icon and then bring and then that, pull the, yes. the new icon over into the task. You had to pull it Like if there's some sort of metaphor, the phone caller, the caller could like, come up with that basically is like we're not fixing something that's broken we're just like creating new pathways to Mm. conversation so that i can be a better partner to you because i love you for x y z p w q r s l p and i want (laughs) to keep loving you and i just want to make sure that we have like we're at a point now where we've been together long enough where i want to have better language for you and i want to make this better you know it should just Especially for somebody, it sounds like, who's going to come to a couple's therapy guarded. This person mm-hmm. sounds really guarded. And, of course, they're probably guarded. You know, most people who move to New York City to to follow their dreams have trauma that they came with. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure that there's some magic going on there and, mm-hmm. you know, there's things to navigate. But, yeah, I feel like couples therapy is the answer <laughs> and uh, here play this caller play this for for your bf as the re- as someone who was formerly repressed or as my therapist says i was just alienated from my feelings i was like mm-hmm. i was like my feelings were happening and i was um i was waving through the window at them. yeah very evan hansen <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay with my my the palms stuck on the window right <laughs> Uh, uh, my life is so much better. Ex- like now that I express my emotions in the moment or close to the moment, most of the time. Yeah, and they also don't feel as not telling you your feeling, but your person being like, you know, when you get used to saying them, they no longer feel like such big feelings. They don't feel like uh, such deal breakers. These things that like, you know, are like, oh no, we're gonna fight, or you know, whatever is like, you know, you, it can become a smaller thing and more like, oh, I thought we were gonna watch that and like shake it off. Because I don't, you can't necessarily change someone's communication style, but I do think you can change, like they can work on changing how they interpret the stimuli. You see what I'm saying? Meaning, so you could say something where it's like, 
oh, that wasn't you rejecting them. That wasn't you chastising them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that is something that can happen. But the fact is, Andy, Annalie has to go. Oh, yes. Of course. Okay. Of course. She has to go. Call her. I'll see you in Hell's Kitchen. I'm <laughs> sure that we're friends. <laughs> That's a dip. By the way, I'll see you in Hell's Kitchen is a very, like, a, right? it sounded a little, it sounded um, yeah, it was aggressive at the at the top. And then it was, it was fun. Fun. Can I tell you something before we leave each other? At one point, I pulled this out, but I was going to, like, roll my face while we were talking. <laughs> I, it's like one of these like jade rollers that you. I don't really even know what it means. I was gonna say, what is it like, supposed to do? I don't know. I'm creating collagen. Oh my god, it's puffy. Oh, I'm healing my sinus. I don't know, but it does, does feel work? good. I, I it. But I wasn't thinking, and I just pulled it out at one moment. So I just wanted to like acknowledge that close that happened earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. close loop. And also, what a treat to see you guys again. I'm hugging you via I the know. Zoom. You're the bestest. Thank you so much for taking yeah, the time. Congrats yeah. on you. Welcome to Chippendales. So good. Thank and you. we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Um, um, I'll talk to you. When are you guys coming to New York again? Do you know? That's a good question. I don't know. I well, don't know. We'll have to have a hang with Damien because I'll be there. I'll be there uh, making pies. Doing Sweeney Todd. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my God, yes. Oh. The name of Barbara Flight Street. <laughs> Come see us on Flight Street and I'll make you a pie. Oh. That's not what I'm going to sound like. I oh, I want that to be what you're going to sound like. Yeah. What if I would? I may sound like a bit like this. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't figured her out yet. We haven't started rehearsal. I have time. Yeah. Don't judge me. No, America. you can do that. You could also pivot and do My Fair Lady on another stage. It's the same. Yeah, what if I do? It's the same accent. It's the same thing. It's really just. It's the same time period too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On that note. And happy wedding. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.